For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. It's your free throws because they have free fish disciples, DJ, Nikki, Snacks, Kreider. Gentlemen, week eight of the NFL is pretty much in the books. We're recording this pre-Lions Raiders. The matchup, not overly exciting. We love the Lions. We've been big Lions stands for a while. We've pretty much given up on the Raiders this season, and rightfully so. They haven't shown totally enough for us to buy into them as a playoff contender, uh, let alone a Super Bowl contender. So they're in the mid to low tier range for us. So we're going ahead with the week eight pretty much in the books. And we're going to give you a little recap here. Uh, plus talk about a lot of futures. Trade deadline is already moving. Leonard Williams going from the New York football giants who fell in horrible fashion to the New York Jets uh, this weekend in the toilet bowl. Leonard Williams going for a second round pick and a future fifth round pick uh, to the Seattle Water Falcons. Big move by the Water Falcons who held on against P.J. Walker and the Cleveland Browns, defeating them to a tune of 24 to 20 at home on Sunday. But biggest news, arguably Kirk Cousins. The Vikings were in disarray. They were going to be in cell mode. Kirk Cousins tipped. Such a great guy. We saw him in the quarterback. Everyone fell in love with him. He tears his Achilles. Um, and now the Vikings are sitting kind of, you know, at 500. And Jaron Hall's their guy. And they really don't know what to do. So if you're the Minnesota Vikings, uh, Mark Sanchez on on the herd, he threw out Cooper Rush is an interesting one. I really, I haven't heard anyone say that, so I, I really like that. Uh, Tannehill's the big name being thrown around right now ahead of the trade deadline. Colt McCoy's available. Some, I saw some James so, Winston buzz as Murmurs. well yeah so if you're the vikings you make a move from one of these guys no i wouldn't i mean at this point you've already lost uh jefferson for a little bit and the run game is not very solid um maybe just kind of see this through you know look at this as a way to kind of tank a little bit and then address your quarterback need in the draft next year if you get a top 10 pick mm-hmm. okay yeah the tough thing is is that was definitely the answer until three weeks ago. And then they won three straight. Right. And Mm -hmm. the lions got trounced by the Ravens in their last game. And we expect them to win tonight against the Raiders who are probably going to try and ship off Devonte Adams in the following 24 hours after that, pending he has a good game, you know, maybe they'll be able to sell high. Although it, this point, I think everybody in the rest of the NFL knows who Devontae Adams is, and one game isn't going to change their mind on the guy. I uh, all that to say, like I, I feel like they're kind of in limbo here, and I wouldn't necessarily know what to do if I were their GM, right? Like you've got some young players, like Jordan Addison can get valuable experience. If they ended up getting a, a wild card spot in the NFC, Hawkinson, Addison, um, you know, it's an opportunity to 
get Brian Flores a potentially a new job as a DC. Like it's it's not just what the uh, the big picture is for this team, but also like how the individuals that make up this team are looking at the opportunity that they have in front of themselves. Um, Cam Akers, right? He had a touchdown last game, and he seems to you know be vying for that starting job or in a, in a true committee alongside Alexander Madison, who's been relatively disappointing this year, um, as expected, I think, by the three of us. So I don't really know what you do here if you're the Vikings. I, I think if you can trade for a guy like Jameis or a guy like Rush and it's not going to give up too much capital, um, maybe you do it. If it's a fifth or a, you know, a sixth and a seventh or something like that, maybe, maybe it's worth it um, and you just kind of see what you have because I, I don't necessarily think that Hall is going to be the answer. Like we haven't we haven't seen this guy. He's a rookie from BYU. I don't even think the three of us knew who he was when he was playing at BYU. I guess he's the guy that took over after Zach Wilson. Um, I didn't know who he was until I was watching NFL Red Zone yesterday. He, so. he was a bit of an afterthought. I mean, this isn't throwing it up right here. The Vikings schedule um, heading going forward. They're at the Falcons, who look pretty pedestrian, to be quite honest. Fake news. They go home against the Saints. They're at the Broncos, who are picking it up. I mean, they beat uh, Mahomes' flu game. No Taylor Swift in the crowd for Travis Kelsey. And then they're home against the, the Bears before they head to the bye week. If they had, the, and then they play the the Raiders the following week. That that's five have, the five weeks yeah. that they could win, that they should win probably. Yeah, I mean, and then you look at the remainder of the schedule. They have the Lions at home, and then they have the Packers at home. Obviously, going to Detroit in the last game and going to Cincinnati is not easy. But if they had had Kirk Cousins, you would think that the Vikings would be in prime position to steal that sixth or seventh wild card spot. And yeah. now it, it's very daunting. And I think that I think. Tannehill might be costly and he shouldn't be, but he could be. So the Cooper rush, Jameis Winston for a fourth for that. And we're seeing 2025 picks moves right now. I mean, we saw a fifth 2025 moved in Leonard Williams deal of 2025 fourth for one of these guys is a stopgap. I think protects your season. Like Daniel Hunter's leading the league in sacks. Like if you're not going to go get a quarterback, you have to trade him. Well, what about Carson Wentz? <laughs> yeah. 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 Maybe you sit here and say that Tannehill's like that much better than Carson Wentz or James Winston's better than Carson Wentz. No, I it's just so weird. I think, like I don't I know think, why he's not on a roster. I think Tannehill, I guess in my head, can run like a mistake-free offense. I'm more I have more optimism in that. Now Wentz and Jameis are similar in the sense that you never know what you're getting with those two guys. You can get right. five turnovers in a game, fumbles and interceptions combined. Um although, also, you know, Jay. Jameis, I have a soft spot for, so I believe in the yeah. guy, and I, I want to see him do well. But yeah, I also wonder if uh, Trey Lance is available for Dallas. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he was just acquired, but it's a guy that'd be interested in maybe giving an opportunity to. And then another one that I think is interesting is maybe Josh Dobbs, because you know if we're getting Kyler Murray back, Josh Dobbs is going to be out of a job, and they're sitting here at one and seven. It's not like they're looking to you know win games here, but Josh Dobbs has been playing for eight weeks, so maybe get him in there. That's actually not a that's not a bad I don't know if the Cardinals do that, but it's not a bad suggestion by any means. I think Colt, like he's not on our roster is why I threw him out and he's got that familiarity with Kevin O'Connell. But I think the Dobbs, I don't if Kyler was fully playing this week and Dobbs is relegated to the bench, I think that'd be interesting. Um I'd be I'd be surprised if they did it, considering we don't know what the status of Kyler Murray is. But I think that would probably be the top option had we had an extra week to go with Dobbs. And he could definitely he definitely looks a lot better than he did in Tennessee at the end of last season against the Jaguars. Yeah. The last thing I'll say about Kevin O'Connell is that if he makes the playoffs two years in a row, 
the type of job security he will have going forward in Minnesota in comparison to if they fall short this year with depleted weaponry, with no Justin Jefferson, with Kirk Cousin going down for the season, if they're able to secure a wild card spot, the way that the NFL is looking at Kevin O'Connell as a head coach, I think is in a different light. And then at that point, like you want to keep your job, right? You're coaching for your job. Um, and it's a guy that any given week, I feel like with this team, because they've been so up and down, such a high variety with them. There have been times where Vikings fans and the media have been like, we don't really think he's the guy. So, um, yeah. which I think is a mistake. Cause I think he's, he's shown to be a, a good head coach, at least a competent head coach in my mind. So I, I just think it's in the draft. I think I'll, I'll throw one more out there. Mac Jones. Yeah. I don't know if we can, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's like a hot, that's a, these are all wild card takes. I'm, I, I can't say no. I can't be like, no way we're trading him. He's not our guy. Like the Patriots are sitting there at two and six. That's the thing. It's like, if he's not your guy, then why not just get as much as you can from right now? You know, you've got the bargaining power for a team that needs a quarterback that is looking to be competitive. So why not try to float out, you know, a fourth, fifth or, you know, third rounder for Mac Jones. Yeah, would hey, you do a may. third and a fifth for Mac? Yes. Josh, no. Yeah, I would do it in a heartbeat. I'm saying I wouldn't do it as the other team. I wouldn't give up a third and a fifth. But I'm saying if you're New England, you know, you're listening to all the offers you can. If I got a conditional third round pick, like with incentive, like, hey, he plays this, does this, X, Y, and Z, like it, it's, it turns into a third round pick if they make the playoffs. Yes, I would do that. A fourth round pick and a third if they make if they make the playoffs, hundred percent. I'm doing that for Mac. You're because you're t- you're going to be finishing in the top five, six anyway, and you're going to be taking a quarterback anyway. So you missed. It's okay. It happens. Like a lot of teams miss. Like the Cardinals. Speaking of, they missed back to back years. I mean, they missed with Rosen. They went back to back quarterbacks. They went Kyler right. be right after. So we've Panthers with Jimmy Clausen. We've seen it happen before. Um, all right. Speaking of teams that could win it all, though, we haven't mentioned them. Let's go down. Let's go down the line. Super Bowl, the favorite. Like, who do you think is the bona fide favorite? Your dark horse um, and your long shot. We're about halfway through the season, so it's a good time to check in on all that. Um, I'll start off. I would say my favorite, and this is because this is because of the. I think they're the best team in the NFC. Um, I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. I think week yeah. in and week out. I you know I the more I see of them, and Hertz isn't even playing at his best. But the more I see of them, A.J. Brown is having uh, a ludicrous season that's just being overshadowed, unfortunately, by Tyreek Hill. Um, and the defense, you know, kudos to Harry Roseman, who went after all the Georgia guys, and it's working. Um, their defense has been really strong. So, uh, and, and they went and they got Kevin Byard, which is super sneaky. No one really talked about that. So I, I really like the Philadelphia Eagles right now as my favorite. Yeah, your favorite is my favorite. And, you know, I'm, I will say the offense is awesome, but their defense has been able to put up some, you know, pretty good numbers. I mean, obviously last week against the commanders wasn't the best showing, but, you know, allowing the Dolphins to only score 17 points on you. I mean, that, that's a, a serious win there. The Rams only scored 14, you know, Bucks scored 11. So um, maybe just the commanders have that, you know, potent offense that that the Philly Eagles can't, com, you know, compete with. But at the end of the day, I mean, they're not playing them anymore. They've played two. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Eagles here too. I think, I think they're the favorite clear cut right now in the NFL. Toss. Yeah. I'm going to agree with the two of you guys as much as it going pains to Hollywood, me. baby. Three S's as much as it pains <clears throat> me as a, as a Cowboys fan. And I think this upcoming weekend will be a really telling game, uh, more so to find out who the Cowboys are and if they've kind of turned things around after that crushing defeat, uh, 
in the Bay against the 49ers, but they bounced back well. They beat the Chargers. They took care of business against the Rams, clobbered them. Um, this will be a really, really good game this upcoming weekend, but I completely agree with you guys. You know, the, the 49ers have fallen off. The The Chiefs don't have enough weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, their defense has been good, but so has the Eagles' defense, especially up front, right? You know, Reddick, Sweat, Cox, Carter. Like, what this team has up front is really, really hard to deal with. So if they can stop Jordan the Davis. run against Jordan Davis, against any given opponent, um, you know, that that makes things a lot more difficult for opposing offenses. And, and yes, they, they've been able to throw against the Eagles, but like you mentioned, Josh, they went and got Bayard. Their offensive line is also probably the best in football. Um, and they have Jalen Hurts, who right now is, is a better decision maker and a better quarterback than Brock Purdy, right? So if you're, if you're comparing those two teams, I feel like personnel-wise, the 49ers, in my opinion, still have the second best, if not the best personnel in the NFC, and the Eagles are playing better football right now, and they have more guys that are healthy right now. Um, Devontae Smith is playing and on the field. Dallas Goddard is playing and on the field, right? And, and Debo Samuel hasn't been out there for the last two weeks for the 49ers, and that makes a difference. Um, and DeAndre mm-hmm. Swift has been, he's been awesome. Um, he's been really, really good, and a lot of that has to do with the offensive line. So I expect their offense to continue to get better, um, and they've got, they're unstoppable on third and short and fourth and short. We, we've seen that, right? They, for once, the brotherly shove did not work, and they fumbled the snap. Um, Thank then God. They a, then they had another play where they ran kind of a fake brotherly shove, gave it to Swift, and he turned it into a 15-yard touchdown run. So I, I'm right there with you guys. I thought they were going to do that last night with DJ Moore, and I lost my fantasy league by three points because Hollywood Brown's garbage time touchdown killed me. Um, I, you know who's – just quickly going back to you know our opening segment about the Vikings, the opening question we had, you can make the argument that they have the best offensive line in football. I mean, the way Christian Darasaw has been playing, which throws another wrinkle into that question. Uh, Toss, who's your uh, dark horse? And then we'll go to you, Nick. Uh I think my dark horse right now, they are leading their division, um, but this is absolutely not a team that people expect to win the Super Bowl. Uh, It's the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that they have a a really good hold on that division. I think they're going to continue to stack up wins. I think they have a lot of weapons on offense. Travis Etienne is is playing like a top five running back. Looks like that pick was was well worth it with the way that he's Mm -hmm. playing. A really good one-two punch wide receivers, Kirk and, and Ridley. And then Ingram is having a career year for them. Um, and Lawrence isn't even playing that well. Yeah. So let's see what happens when he really finds his footing and starts clicking on offense. And that defense has kind of carried the load up until this point. Um, and Trayvon Walker's not even playing that well yet. Like he hasn't come into his own, but, but Josh Allen, the one in Jacksonville has been playing phenomenal football. And I think it's just a really complete team. So I like them as a dark horse. Um, you know, they got to the, to the, a, not to the AFC championship last year, right? Did they get no, to they got no, they, they got, got to, the, division, the, to the divisional round and they upset the Chargers in the first in the um, the wild card round. So I like that they've been there before, and I think maybe they can kind of take that step further, maybe get a little bit lucky here and, and get to the Super Bowl. Nice, well said. I, my dark horse will be the Miami Dolphins. I mean, the losses that they've suffered this season are against our favorite, the Eagles, and then the Bills, who are another team that are looking to contend and make a deep run. Um, you know, obviously the offense has been the highlight of the season, but if you're looking at each of their games, I mean, they're holding their their teams to you know pretty low points. And besides the Bills game, I mean, that was a pretty big disaster for them. But 
you know, when you have Tyreek Hill, when you have Jalen Waddle, when you've got the run game that they have, you know, they're plugging and playing with their running backs. Everyone's having success there. Two is right now the odds on favorite to win the MVP. And McDaniels, I mean, he, he just seems like he's that type of coach that everyone loves. You know, I think his players really want to fight for him. And uh, I think this team has a legit shot at, at making a deep run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, again, you know, they lost Waddle for part of that Eagles game. And I think not establishing the run against the Eagles really threw them out of sorts. Um, but when they're firing on all cylinders, they're legitimately the fastest team in the NFL, maybe the fastest team we've ever seen. Uh, I'll say my my dark horse, I just put a hundred quick $100 bill on the little Benny Franklin on it. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengis, the Bengals, they are a slow starting team notoriously. Burrow was coming in hurt. Um, I think they're really firing, starting to fire on all cylinders. Yes, they didn't. Yes, the the Niners didn't have Debo and they didn't have Trent Williams. Two massive misses on the offensive side of the football. We're talking about arguably the best left tackle in football and a really dominant player in Debo Samuel, who just you know makes the defense, the defensive lives, the defensive coordinator's life hell on a Sunday. Um, but I really like what the front, you know, the core four. The power four of the Bengals, whoever said that, like, you know, equating it to the Yankees core four, which is ridiculous. It, it was their DC. It was it was Lou Anaroma was the one that said uh, it. Yeah, Posada, Rivera, Pettit, and Jeter. But, like, they do put really great pressure on the quarterback. Their front seven's been playing well. Um, and then, obviously, Jamar Chase is a top three receiver in football. And Joe Burrow is a top three quarterback when he's at his best. And Mixon, we, we, were, literally, we were sitting there on Sunday, like, hey, Mixon looks pretty good. So, they're my dark horse. Um, and I would say my long shot. Um, and this is a long shot, but they just got Leonard Williams. I like what they got. And they could, like, by the end of the year, we could be sitting here and being like, hey, the Water Falcons have the best running back duo in football. Like, Zach yep. Charbonnet has looked sharp every time he's really touched the football, especially this past Sunday. Kenneth Walker has been a top five back this year, in our opinion. And their receiving room, maybe not the receiving duos, not the teaser next seg- uh, next segment, the top uh, three receiving duos in the league. But Lockett, Metcalf, and JSN is really showing why he was a first-round pick on uh, the first receiver taken in this past draft. I really like the, what the Water Falcons are starting to put together. Yeah, I like that. I was, I was considering picking them as well. I mean, we're all sold now on Geno Smith and what he's been able to do. And it, like you said, I mean, the offense is really potent with the receiving core and then the running back duo. But their defense has also played great games. I mean – They've been holding teams, you know, under 20 points, you know, for half the season. So I, mean, I like what they're doing. Um, I'd like to see them get more quality wins, though, because, I mean, they did, you know, suffer a loss in the Bengals. They suffered a loss to the Rams, but they beat the Panthers. They beat the Giants. They beat the Cardinals. Like, you know, those are pretty, give a, you know, gimme games. I mean, this Browns team is, is good, but, you know, they struggled um, early on against them. So they're a you know, kind of a long shot for me, but I think my true long shot is going to be the Detroit Lions. Um, you know, we all expect them to be good, that we all expect them to win this division. But I don't know if anyone's expecting them to win at all. You know, no one is. I don't think anyone is, is is sold yet on really who they are. And they had a brutal loss against um, the Baltimore Ravens last week. But I think it's a wake-up call, you know, playing on Monday night against the Raiders. It's a get-right game. You know, all your guys are getting healthy and – Let's see if they can actually string together some some good wins down the stretch. I mean, they've got winnable games. The Chargers, who, you know, figure out ways to lose themselves. Bears, Packers, Saints, Bears, Broncos. Like, that's an easy schedule mm-hmm. you know, heading, into the, heading into the playoffs. So, um, if they can just get in and, and stay healthy, I mean, I, I really think this team can make some moves. Yeah, I would love for them to make. I would love for them to make a move at the deadline. And I think you're right. No one's no one's pegging them to win. No one's really taking them seriously. Um, 
And it's ironic because we talk, I think we've spoken about it a few times this this season on the show. When Brady went on that Super Bowl run, he got trampled by the Saints twice, <laughs> I believe, in that in that Super Bowl run year. So sometimes, like, look, a Sunday can get away from you, and that's what happened in Baltimore. I think the Detroit Lions are a better team than that than they showed that Sunday. I'm not saying they would have beaten the Ravens, but I think they're a better team, and I would love to see them make a move. Uh, Colin Coward threw out Aaron Donald on the block, and I know it's maybe not the perfect fit, but he's like the total right guy to get in the locker room uh, and make a run. I don't think they're going to trade him, and I don't know if they. I don't even, if they did. I don't know if it'd be to, to Detroit, <laughs> but I think that'd be. I think that'd be a fun move. Um, but they should go out and get somebody. Toss. I mean, they've made a trade to Detroit prior, so it's not like those GMs don't know each other, right? That's that's how Goff ended up in Detroit to begin with. Uh, it's true. I mean, I think. I think the Lions and the Seahawks, I'm agreeing with your long shot pick, Josh. I have the Seahawks as well. I think all three of us are picking two teams that are true long shots, right? There are real reasons why these teams are not expected to get to the Super Bowl and if they got there, win a Super Bowl. And I think the thing that's holding back the Lions would be their lack of experience in the playoffs, their head coach not getting there as a head coach, right? Um, And on the opposite side, the Seahawks have that, but they have a quarterback who has not done it in the playoffs yet. Uh, who is completely unproven and not playing quite as well as he was last year, right? Like Gino was a dark horse MVP candidate last season. He's nowhere close to that this year. Um, but the other, you know, phases of this football team have stepped up and the defense is, is one of them. And I, I love the Lenny Williams move. I'm excited that he's going to be back on the West coast for that guy. You know, a guy that went to USC who's from California. Um, I think that's really cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're a good long shot pick. Witherspoon, I think, is worth mentioning. He's been fantastic, and, and that looks to be a, a really good draft pick for those uh, for the Water Falcons, Josh, as you, as you like to call them. Yeah, so, so they're, they're become, my long shot, but... It's becoming popular. We throw it up on yeah. TikTok, and someone, anyone that's a Seahawks fan that has seen it has kind of dug it. So we could be changing the ties on, on social. And let, yeah, I'm happy Leonard I, Williams come back to the West Coast. He loves the ocean, so... Yeah, I mean, look, they have the same record as the 49ers, the 49ers are still a better team than this team. No, they don't. Oh, they're ahead of them now? Yeah. There's a there's a they're a half game ahead. Oh, I've I knew they were I knew they were leading the division. That's 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 a mistake by me. Apologies there. To any Seahawks, <laughs> to any Water Falcons fans. Falcons fans. Way to, way to, yeah. But I bring up the 49ers to say, like, just because they're ahead of the division right now, the Seahawks, doesn't mean that they're not doesn't mean that they're going to end up as the, the leader and winner of this division. The 49ers still have the best left tackle in football. They have the best linebacker in football. They have the best running back in football, and that matters. Uh, that's, and the that's reigning defensive the, player of the year. Yes. And a head coach that is regarded as one of the best offensive minds in football. Um, totally. Brock Purdy, I know he's getting a lot of flack because of the last three games and, and, you know, they have three losses in a row. He still only has five interceptions on, on the year. You know, it's not like this guy has been abysmal. Um, he's just had a little bit of a rough patch. I expect that he'll bounce back. He's had flashes in these losses where he's looked good still and, and made good plays with the football. They do need Debo back. They need him back. They need him healthy. Um, and that'll, that'll open things up for the offense, but they still are very much a Super Bowl contender ahead of the Seahawks. And, you know, the Ravens are a Super Bowl contender. The Chiefs are still a Super Bowl contender. You know, there there are a lot of teams out there that are ahead of the Lions and the Seahawks, but I think they're great picks by by the three of us. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go to the MVPs. Favorite, dark, dark horse, dark horse, long shot. I'll give you guys mine in a row, and then I'll elaborate a little bit. We'll go like that. Let's change up the format. Favorite, Tua, dark horse, Tyreek Hill, long shot, Justin Herbert. Um, I would say my favorite is Tua because of the it's 
generally a quarterback award. So of the quarterbacks, he's putting up the best numbers, been the most consistent, and his team is winning. Kind of fits the criteria. Tyreek Hill should be the MVP because there's no quarterback that's really lighting it up. Like it's not like two is also like going off the rails and absolutely exploding week in and week out. It's actually Tyreek Hill that's been going off. Like the other day, he scored like a 40 yard bomb. And before you blinked, his helmet was off and he was sitting in a seat. He's electric. He's fun. He's great for the game. He's been an unbelievable move for the Dolphins. He's the toughest person to guard in all of sports, let alone football. And it's like the Mariano Rivera cut fastball to bring Mo back into the mix. Like you can't, you know what's going to happen and you can't guard it. He's just that fast. So if he gets 2,000 yards, he should be the MVP of the National Football League. If he gets 2,000 yards, he's the first player. What do you say? I think you said it the other day, Nick, when we were sitting there. He's the first player to hit 1K in eight games. Mm-hmm. If he's the if he does it in 16 games, not the 17 that we're at right now because it's a 17-game slate, he should be the MVP in my book, no question. And I'll throw Justin Herbert because the Justin Herbert we saw in Sunday Night Football was pretty great. And if he continues to play like that and put up those kinds of numbers, I think he could really dance with Tua. And if that team is like, you know, they may not – if they upend the Chiefs or if they're right there with the Chiefs at the end of the day in the division pretty close and they're in the playoffs as like the fifth seed, um, I think Herbert's got a shot at the MVP. Yeah, I'll, I'll go reverse order because I also have Herbert as my long shot and I also have Tyreek Hill as my dark horse. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just – it's pretty simple. I mean, like you said, it's a quarterback award, but – Tyreek Hill, what he's doing this year is is unprecedented by wide receivers. I mean, he yeah. really just broke a record in the first eight games. So you're right. I mean, I, I would even I didn't even think about the fact that if he does it in 16 games, which he's on pace to, he should for sure get it because it's never happened before. But he's probably certainly going to get it in 17 games, if I really have to guess. I mean, that is if he plays week 17, you know, and if, if they still need to play that game. But I mean, what they're doing right now, it, the offense has ran through him. I mean that that everyone has success on an offense because you're scared to get beat deep, you know, and, and even when you do try to defend it, he still beats you deep. You know, I mean he's wide open sometimes in the middle of the field. He can make plays when the ball is in his hand. So it, there's really no way you can game plan that guy. And that just opens up every other thing for that team too in the run game and for Tua to get the ball to other guys. So he's probably, you know, the should be the favorite, but he's he's not going to be because he's not a quarterback. So without further ado, my favorite is Jalen Hurts. Um, as I mentioned, you know, really our favorite for, you know, best team in football right now. And, you know, he's the number two fantasy football player in, in all fantasy football right now. I mean, it's not the sexiest of seasons, but, you know, the rushing touchdowns that he has. I mean, I know a lot of that's because of the brotherly shove, but, you know, just the ability for him to to do it both, you know, in the air and on the, on, in the ground. I think the touchdown numbers are just kind of hard to beat. Um, and I think they're going to continue to just be a powerhouse and win more games than anyone else. I mean, I could totally see them losing maybe one more game this season and, you know, making it a cool 15 and two. Um, and then with that, you, I mean, how could you not give it to him? So that, that'd be my, my, my favorite there. And then I'll just elaborate really quick on Herbert. I mean, we have definitely seen better Herbert days than what we've seen this season. I started off hot, but what he did on Sunday was great. Phenomenal. And I think a lot of this also has to do with the fact that he's got an injured finger. You know, he's not taking many snaps under center. Um, you've seen him kind of juggle the ball a little bit. Um, it's not it's not the throwing hand, but I'm sure it still bugs you when you're gripping it, you know, and you're trying to avoid hits. Um, you know, obviously he lost Mike Williams early in the season, torn ACL, lost Gerald Everett a little bit. You know, Eckler has been in and out. Ken Allen's been the constant there, but he's making guys like Josh Palmer look good. Quentin Johnson and him are finally getting on the same page. Finally, dude. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh if he can continue this trend, you know, and, and I mean, of course, it was a Bears defense that isn't great, 
but I'd love to see what that he can do, you know, you know, against better teams, against the Chiefs, against a team like the Bills, against a team, you know, like the Eagles, you know, these these powerhouse teams. And I think he's the type of guy who plays to his potential. So um I, I like his I like his long shot odds because I think right now he's listed as plus four thousand on bet online, uh, which is good value. I mean, if you if you really want to go out and, and take a, a flyer on someone, you know, putting hundred bucks on him to win four K mid season, could see that happening. Do you have sorry? Do you have Hill's number? Hill's odds up right now? Uh, I don't. I, I, I you could do. I think yeah, he's like plus eighteen or fourteen hundred, right? He's he's plus twenty five hundred at Bet oh, Online. Yeah. How I'm taking that as soon as we get off. Two is the favorite right now. Two is I think plus three hundred. Jalen's like three fifty. Yeah, it goes two oh three hundred. Mahomes three fifty. Hertz three seventy five. Lamar seven hundred. And then in fifth, Josh Allen, uh, Christian McCaffrey at plus eleven hundred. Josh Allen's plus twelve. Burrows, where the jump happens, he's plus eighteen hundred. And everyone else is is uh, further odds than that. Mm. And plus you actually could get good value here for Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Just throwing, just from what I just heard. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, T dot. Yeah, I mean, this. I think the favorite was the hardest for me to yeah. finalize my choice for because like you just mentioned Josh if if the dolphins fall off and Josh Allen is able to win this division with the injuries that the Bills team has sustained already he should absolutely be in absolutely be in consideration to win NFL MVP Mahomes is up there in the top 3 because that team continues to win football games but statistically he's a step back from where he has been in previous years and he's not as good as Tua statistically he's not as good as as uh, Lamar statistically, although he has more passing touchdowns than Lamar and he hasn't been as good as Josh Allen uh, mm -hmm. or, or Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes all have eight interceptions. That's worth noting. Tua has seven. So he's mm -hmm. taking care of the football a little bit better than those guys. I, I think to me, I don't see that the Dolphins are going to fall off dramatically. And because of that, and the fact that it's a QB award, Tua is pro is likely going to stay at the top of that list and win the award. He's going to lead the league in passing yards. His yards per attempt is second only to Brock Purdy. He's up there in completion percentage, above 70%. He's got the best passer rating in the NFL. He's got the most 40-plus. Uh, he's got the most pass passes completed of 40-plus yards or more. So he's yeah. throwing the deep ball well. Obviously, he's got Tyreek Hill. And I know so much of that has to do with Tyreek Hill, but so much of Jalen Hurts' success as a thrower have to do with A.J. Brown as well. Um, yeah. So I, I don't think you can just critique Tyreek or Tua and Tyreek because of that. Like, if you're knocking Tua for it, you should knock Jalen Hurts for it. And I don't think either of those guys should be knocked for it. Now, I, I think the guy that... This is not a dark horse because I think he's still a favorite, but a guy that I would sprinkle money on is Lamar Jackson because he's about... You know, he's he's almost like 40 yards away from being the leading rusher on his team. He's a top 15 rusher in the NFL. He might end up the season with close to 1,000 rushing yards and over 2,500 passing yards. He takes care of the football. If he had more passing touchdowns, I think he should be the, the odds-on favorite. But right now, they're doing what it takes to win football games as opposed to stacking his numbers. Um, and I think that they have such a good firm grasp on this division that I'd be surprised if they didn't end up winning the AFC North, which is a really, really competitive division. My dark horse is going to be another guy in that division. I think if Joe Burrow continues his play over the last two weeks and they get absolutely scorching hot and, and end up almost winning this division, 
Um, you know, his numbers with Jamar Chase are going to be fantastic. And, and I don't think it's, it's that crazy. Um, although I think there are going to be other guys that, that edge him out. And then my long shot, I know I said he has the fifth highest odds, but again, this is a quarterback award. My long shot is going to be Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey has 25 total touchdowns on the season. He's going to need like in the next four or five games, one of those games where he has like four touchdowns on the ground, he's going to need another one of those games, but he has been so consistent for this team. He has even, you know, been fighting off a, a couple of bangs, you know, injuries and bruises here and, and continued to play. If this team wins the NFC West and Christian McCaffrey has 25 touchdowns, I think he has to be an MVP consideration. And I know Brock Purdy for a while was up at the top of this list, but he is the reason why this offense works. He is the best running back in football, hands down. And what he does in the passing game is at the level of some of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And I think he just needs to be respected in that way. And, and whether it's an offensive player of the year award or a true MVP consideration, um, I just want him to get his due because he's that good. Uh, so sorry, you're, yeah, you're saying he ha- if he hits that 25 mark of 25 touchdowns, he should win it. And they win the division and, and they're a top two seed in the NFC. Like, I think he, he should be in severe consideration, if not, I don't see why not. Yeah. Like I'm with that. I know we keep saying it's a quarterback award, but it shouldn't be. If like he hits that 25 touchdown, like when was the last time somebody hit that? It's a ridiculous, it's a ridiculous mark to 25 touchdowns. If he hits that mark, I think he's at at 10 right now. So he's got a little bit of work to do, but he's, he's at at 13 total. He's got nine in in the ground. I'm looking at nine and four in the air, air. 13 total. So he needs 12 more completely doable. He's at 17 consecutive games. With a touchdown dating back to last year, crazy. Ridiculous. I think maybe playoffs included. And I think for your Burrow point, I think Burrow needs to win the division because if Lamar beats him, then like I don't know how you could give it to Burrow over Lamar. I mean, if unless his numbers win, were crazy. Yeah, his he'd throw for you know almost fifty five hundred yards or something like that. Like, yeah, it's like ridiculous like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's keep the train rolling. Top three wide receiver duos in the NFL. I'll give you guys my list of three. Um, and let's go down the line. We'll give the list of three, give the list of three, and then we can just open debate. Um, my number one is, it was tough, but I'm going to go with Hill and Waddle. Um, I think when Waddle's on, you know, it really just rounds this, this duo out. And obviously I think Hill is the number one, is the number one by enough margin for me to put them there. AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, that was the tough one. That's number two for me. And this was obviously... Picking the third duo, very tough. Not a sexy pick, and I'll elaborate when we all get into discussion, but Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Wow. Disrespect on Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup. That is my number one. It's your number one? That is my number one. Wow. I think that, is a, I, that is a hot take, dude. It's a hot, it's a hot take, you. but I've never seen two guys that – are carbon copies of each other. <laughs> it's like, true. Like they're they're and like at one point, Cooper sitting here, Cooper Cup is the best receiver in the NFL, right? And mm-hmm. minus the injury, he could be. Um, they're literally carbon copies of each other. Just finding ways to get open, super reliable, you know, good quickness, good speed, amazing hands. I mean, if it wasn't Matt Stafford, and um, this is no knock on Matt Stafford, but if he had you know, uh, a, a more mobile quarterback or a, a quarterback that's just a little bit younger that has more zip on the ball, I feel like these guys would be putting up even better numbers. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Stafford's just getting up there in age. I mean, I, I think Tua is actually a pretty talented quarterback, and so he, he makes Tyreek Hill look good as well as, as Tyreek Hill makes him look good. 
if Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup had 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 Tua Tagovailoa as their quarterback, I mean that'd be the craziest trio of names that you could put together, Cup, Tua, and, and Puka. Um, but <laughs> I really think that they would they would be probably one of the top offenses in football. Still, um, yeah, yeah, still. Uh, my number two, Devonta Adams, AJ Green or AJ Brown. I mean, it's AJ Brown. What he's been doing this season is phenomenal, and and Devonte like it's he's a great athlete himself and i think he's just been overshadowed by the play of aj um but he's going to get his i think towards the end of the season and then my number three is tyreek hill and jalen waddle tyreek is in a league of his own of course but jalen waddle just hasn't been anything special this year i mean a little bit of injuries here and there but just pretty slow start mm-hmm. toss yeah i Devontae smith is 24th in yards it's not like he's having a bad season right um, yeah he's got what he's three touchdowns those all come in that second game where he at least had two in that one game yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. uh but i i'm with you i think what one thing i'll add about the way that i evaluated my top three wide receiver duos is availability mattered to me at least in this year as i was doing it kind of like through the first half of the season so cop while he and puka have played really well together they've only been on the field together for a few games here um i do Look, I'm not like a Matthew Stafford stan. You could probably like delve deep into this, and maybe I do like him more than others because he's from the DF dub, the two on four. I disagree that Tua would be a better quarterback with Matthew with uh, with Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua because I think part of what works so well with these guys is their chemistry together, and I think Matthew Stafford, because of the goo goo eyes that he has, like he develops better chemistry with wide receivers than certain other receivers with that certain other quarterbacks do with receivers. And I think the two has the uh, Tyree kill has the ability to get open in a way that no other receiver does, especially. I mean, I would say their chemistry ball. is pretty dang good. It is. But I think that like, because of his athletic tools, he's able to get open in a way that Puka and Cooper cup are not down the field, especially. And I think that we, I just want to give, credit and it's not to say that Tua doesn't prep as well as Matthew Stafford does but like he and Cooper Cup are best friends and they have been for the last like four years of their lives and I think that just matters sometimes and and I don't know if you could replicate that with Tua maybe it would look just as good maybe it would look better um my subjective opinion is it probably wouldn't but I do I think it is wild that they are actually carbon copies of each other and I think the one thing about Puka and Cooper Cup is they're actually sneaky athletic too like if they get an open field they're big and they can also outrun DBs and safeties. And mm. and that's kind of the the extra level and layer that they have that they don't get a lot of credit for. They are not in my duos though. So I have Hill and Waddle first. I have AJ and Devonta second. And then I have uh, my, my third duo. Again, this is just for this year. It does not mean that I think they are the most, the, you know, the most talented duo. Cause I think Godwin and Evans in a vacuum are better than these two guys. But Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis are my third. And Gabe Davis has five touchdowns this season. I think out of all duos, they have the most combined touchdowns. And what Gabe Davis has done this year as being a consistent red zone threat for Josh Allen uh, made me put him in this category. And obviously, like you guys know how I feel about Stephon Diggs. I think he's a top five receiver in football, and he's an absolute stud. That's my number four. I I yeah. wanna like I'm I'm bummed that like, I can't put Higgins and Chase in there. Like I, I I would honestly be better pressed to put Hig- put Chase and Boyd based off this year. And I didn't like 
Puka has had a better season than Evans and Godwin, but they haven't they haven't played enough together. Have they been playing the whole season together? Probably it is Puka and Cup for me at number three. I agree. And I, I put agree. I put Evans and Godwin at a three because it's not that Baker's been terrible. He's just not as good as these other quarterbacks are. He's in a completely different class. And these guys are still putting up decent numbers and they're still uber talented and they're still staying on the field. Like it's not like their talent level has changed and they were a top three duo, you know, as recently as last year. So for me, Evans and Godwin, had they had a better quarterback, like if we're if we're throwing that into the mix, I think it helps my point a little bit. Um, but I think Gabe Davis and Diggs is maybe an, well, a better argument for the production this year. Especially, I'd also say like weeks. if if JJ and Addison were on the field, yeah, at the same all time. eight weeks, yeah, like we they would were we my, feel differently about them. Like there's a couple of guys just because of because of injury, you know, are not in consideration anymore, which is unfortunate. But it's just the way that way that it goes. Yeah, yeah, like feel that. Keenan Allen and Mike Will, if Mike Will's healthy, like you'd hope that they would be at least in the like top five conversation. I think it was tough. I think I, th- I think it was a tough list to make because I even considered like, okay, like what about Keenan and Palmer? Like that was yeah. crossed in my mind. Like Adi- I would say Jeff- Jefferson and Addison and, and Puka and Cup were probably the fifth and sixth I considered after Davis and, and Diggs. And I went with a very big safety pick, but it's definitely a very peculiar and it, and it was spurred off of, the wide receiver room question thing Gitlin, our buddy Zach threw out yesterday of like JSN Lockett and Metcalf. So if you include threes, I think they could you could even fault them into it and gets really crazy right there. Um, but it's definitely something to monitor for the rest of the season. All right, real quick, close it out. Playoffs are dropping for college football tomorrow. Uh, the first ranking we'll see, or today, wherever you listen to this. Not who are the first four gonna be in the rankings. But who are the final four based on? We're we're over halfway through the college football season. We probably have three or four games left um, off the top of the dome. Who are the final four teams going to be in your college football playoff? Nick, we'll start with you. Give us your four. UGA, Michigan, Florida State, and the University of Texas. Nice. Toss. Oh, man. Uh, you see, you know what that face means. We're, we're on the outside looking in here, boys. <laughs> yeah, we are. Alabama to beat the dogs in the SEC championship and win the SEC. Michigan, the Wolverines, Florida State, and the Oregon Ducks. That's my four. Mm. I just don't see how, like if Bama, if knocks off Georgia, Georgia's sliding out for sure. But we beat Bama, and if we get in, we have our redemption tour against OU. There's no one that hasn't beat us that's ahead of us. Yeah. Everyone that we beat, we basically redeemed ourselves against. And we've beat Alabama. So if you're putting Alabama in there, then you should be putting Texas in there as well. Well, can I ask you another question? I, like, I how, mean, come Georgia, how come Georgia gets in? You know, do you, this is actually not off your list. This is a, I got into an argument with our other buddy, Matt Chaikin, who's a, who went to UGA. And he's saying Georgia's in no matter what, if they go undefeated in the regular season. And I said that's not the case. If there's multiple undefeated teams and one lost conference champions, like they're going to go in. Like you shouldn't be rewarded for what you did in the past two years. Like it's great, it's amazing, but this is a completely different season. Am I right in thinking that way? Yeah, I think you're right in thinking that way. I think of any team to be a one loss team and get in alongside three undefeateds, it would be Georgia. And mm-hmm. I think that while you are right, and I agree with you, I think that there is that bias from the committee 
where they have the pretense of giving some credit to teams who have been quote unquote dynasties and Georgia is the dynasty right now. And for sure. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's fair, but I think it's the reality of the situation. And I think that's why I have Alabama going in because I think them unseating Georgia means that much more to the committee. And I think that the SEC championship all also has higher credibility than any other conference championship in college football. Um, as we've seen for the last 25 years and, Again, it's not necessarily things that I want to have, but I just like, it's the way that objectively I feel it's going to pan out. And I also think that Florida State and Michigan in my list are undefeated, right? And that's how they're getting in there. So Michigan beats Ohio State, then they win the Big Ten Championship. And I have Oregon beating Washington in the Pac-12 Championship to get to the playoff and Washington being an undefeated team up until that point and them losing to them on a non-neutral site territory. And that's why they would jump a one loss Texas uh, big 12 champion team. That that's just how I see that playing out. Okay. That's, now yeah. you could also, you could devil's advocate and be like, okay, but who does the committee want in there? A one loss Oregon PAC 12 champion or a one loss Texas big 12 champion. Like who's the better team? Who's the better fans who are going to spend more money? Like what's the better scenario there? And, and I totally see the argument for Texas. Yeah, and obviously I think, want them in the college football playoff. I think the issue, I mean, just going from our standpoint real quick, ultimately we would need Washington to drop a game and fall to the quote-unquote level playing field of OU. So our avenging of a win looks yes. similar to their avenging of a win because if they avenge their win with a, to, an un, to an undefeated, I think you're right. I think the Ducks slide in ahead of us. So my four is the Dogs. I think the Dogs beat Alabama. Fingers just to get them out of our hair because I don't think your scenario is crazy. It's, out, it's a little out there, but it's not, not too out there. I have the dogs. I have Michigan. We discussed this in our Horns Up show. I think Michigan beats Ohio State. I have Oregon as my number three. I think Washington drops a game I'm not I, against USC. I'm still drinking that damn Kool-Aid. And I think Oregon beats Washington in a neutral site. And I have us at the four. But if we don't, if FSU doesn't drop a game, FSU's in there at the four. And we're not, and we're. If FSU doesn't drop a game, I think they're the three. They're the three. Yeah, and Oregon's the four. I, we need FSU to lose from a Horns perspective. We need them to, to lose ultimately. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, unfortunately, as much positive energy and vibes, dude, vibe vibes. that I got from the Kansas Jayhawks rock chalk beating the Oklahoma Sooners, it kind of hurt a little bit. Because yeah, in, not in good. regards to the in, in regards to the committee, because now Oklahoma playing a really really bad game two weeks ago and then losing to Kansas um, does not reflect that well on them beating us. Unfortunately, yeah, it's a very slippery slope. Because shout out to everybody, Matt Huddies, he's consistently rooting for against OU, and I feel that like we're they're our rival. We want them to lose, but ultimately it looks better if they win, and it does. So yeah. that was a bad loss. Yeah, I mean, there's. So much shaking up to be done in these last few weeks. I mean, there's a lot of big matchups. So we could be sitting here and, you know, half these teams already lose all their, their first games. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean I, Alabama plays LSU this weekend. That's a crazy game. Georgia, That's, Ole Miss. Georgia uh, they play Mizzou this week, right? Well, well oh, yeah. Mizzou's ranked in their one loss team, 13th, but next week yeah. they have Ole Miss. It's same. Yeah. I mean, dude, like, honor. Honestly, thank God, like, Utah lost. Like, get them out of there. Like, get Oregon State lost. Like, and no. I bet you zero people on planet Earth watched that eight o'clock Saturday Halloween weekend game. Like I was even at home and didn't even watch it. 
like Oregon State, Arizona, they're out. The Oregon State's out though, so thank God. Like get these other one loss teams out. Um, right. So like I think you're right. We're gonna see a lot of chaos. Florida State. State. Florida State has the the clearest path though. I mean, so do they have left? Make schedule. They got Pitt, Miami, Northern Alabama, and Florida. Oh my God. Who's who's that, the number? Where's that Florida game? That's at Florida. So that could oh. go. That that's the game we're probably circling right now. That's the biggest non-Texas game for us of the year. I, I, the Gators, dude. That's who we're putting our trust in. <laughs> the Gators. Oh, my God, dude. No way. You know what? Honestly, like I would feel better about that if the Gators didn't come out with that weak-ass documentary this year. That was weak. That, that, that documentary sucked so much ass, and now I'm, I've missed it. All the parts we cared about. <laughs> Everything we wanted to see was blow nuts dude i mean hopefully like louisville could get to florida state and beat them um and then have another in the ACC, ACC yeah, championship hopefully, hopefully who they beat who florida state beat barely earlier this season so maybe louisville has their number a bit yeah we can only hope all right fisher to stop with dj nick next crowder we will see you guys later this week get your free throws because the free we out show we love you and now this is the moment you've all been waiting for we are live on the charity stripe podcast with your hosts alex josh and nick for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.